is this is a football podcast, man. Meat, football, good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. My name is Josh, and we've got a fun episode this week for you. We're diving into some dynasty players, some Debbie players, uh, looking at the 2023 draft class and seeing how it's going to change fantasy football in the future and how we approach uh, that draft this year. But before we hop into all that, we are breaking down uh, week 12 of the NFL season. You want to know my favorite Russell Wilson stat? Uh, The fact that Carson Wentz has more touchdowns than him? That's a good one, but it's not my favorite. My favorite is that Russell Wilson has more bathrooms in his house than he does passing touchdowns. Oh, I I did know that. That's a good one. (laughs) That's a really good one. Carson Wentz has bathrooms. So it's going to be a good episode. I'm excited about it, excited to have you along with us. Uh, but before we get into all that, before we dive into the 2023 class, mention 2024, uh, why don't we check in with Ben and see how his weekend went? Okay, let, let's just start it off. You know, Thanksgiving was great. Um, you know, got to eat a lot of food, passed out a lot. Awesome. Then Saturday rolls around and I just like, elevated to just just a completely different level as the week after my Gamecocks smashed Tennessee's playoff hopes in amazing fashion we go up against our rival heated rival hate Clemson all this stuff years and they've beat us seven years in a row they're in the playoff hunt we go into their stadium and upset the number eight team and I, I was just transported. Like, I, I haven't stopped smiling <laughs> for about 48 hours now. And it's it's just surreal, man. I, I'm i on a different plane right now. And you know, <laughs> se- we've lost to him seven years in a row. Like, I, I, I wanted to cry just after that. Like, it felt so good. I am... The Shane train is rolling in Columbia, South Carolina, and... I couldn't be happier. And then to top it all off, we roll into this week of fantasy football. We're coming playoff time. And even the teams that I'm not a playoff contender in, which shocking, I know, not not, not all of my teams are playoff contender. I, it, it surprised me as well. <laughs> I, I won every single one of my fantasy matchups this week. Completely undefeated. That- this is across like eight, ten leagues kind of thing. Just unstoppable this week that's a lightning strike is what that is i mean it is just i I don't know how this could get better the only way it could get better is if in one of my home dynasty leagues uh if jonathan taylor has 20 points tonight i will set the i'll set the league record for most points in a single week so that's what i'm hoping for make it that would be a little cherry that's just the cherry on top of a truly miraculous and awesome weekend so i'm very excited for this episode yeah i mean it was a it was a great weekend my nc state Wolfpack beat carolina Happy uh for you. the men's basketball team uh they had a couple wins 
this weekend too. It was, it was a very good week. It was a very fun week. Um, granted, my Seahawks lost on the the rumble heard around the fantasy world from Josh Jacobs. That was a bummer. But we'll talk about him later. Can't have can't have everything. We can have some nice things, but we can't we can't just be gorging ourselves on. Nice I uh, things, right? I went into work today and I was wearing I was wearing this this Carolina hat and. So obviously we have to wear like, you know, our, our certain, you know, scrubs, uniforms, stuff like that. And we have like a office hat or whatever we wear. And so I, I, I wore my, my uniform. Obviously I wore a red scrub top today for Carolina, but I came in and I had a Carolina jacket on and underneath that I had a Carolina jersey of one of our old quarterbacks, Connor Shaw, <laughs> who's my favorite player of all time. And underneath that I had a Carolina hoodie on. So they walk in. I'm like, they're like, are you really going to? How gonna cold w-? was it this morning? It was like 50 degrees. It was not necessary for all that. But I, I walked in and they're like, are you really going to wear all that? I'm like, all right, fine. So I took the hat off and then like, you're going to keep, you're going to keep wearing all that. So like, fine. I took the jacket off and I had the jersey on. I'm like, okay, I can't wear this. Took the jersey off, revealed the hoodie underneath. They're like, all right, I'll take the hoodie off. <laughs> keep in mind, like most people in my office are all Clemson fans. So it, oh. it felt so good after years of being just brutalized by this team to finally get one. So it's, I'm running my victory lap right now. Man, it's so funny because this, this year's South Carolina team could very easily be six and six or five and seven. And yet we could, they're eight. We could and be four. 11 and one, dude. Think about it. Like, I, I fully expect. If you expect, won all but one game, yes, no, you're right. No, but listen to me. Listen <laughs> to me. Listen to me. I fully expect, like, the Georgia game, we should have lost that one. Obviously, Georgia is the best team in the country. We laid an egg against Missouri, okay? Should not have lost that game. We laid an egg against Florida. Realistically, you shouldn't have lost that game. Like, Florida has one of the worst defenses in college football. Then you go on to beat Tennessee and Clemson to show, like, the team has talent. So that's two more wins. You're looking at eight and two, and I'm I'm trying to think of the other team we lost to. Um, Arkansas. Arkansas looks very beatable right now. They ended up like six and six. So you take the those those are three games you should have won. You shouldn't have beaten Clemson and Tennessee. So add that to it. That's an eleven win season. All I know is this: I'm seeing a lot of rumors that NC State and South Carolina will meet in a bowl game, and if that's the case, we will absolutely put some kind of water bed on it. We're gonna have to like live stream that game or something. <laughs> we'll we'll need to go if it's like the, the the Charlotte bowl game that they do, whatever that one's called. If that happens, we've got to figure out. A way right, to go. We're going to that game. That'd be a blast. All right, uh, fantasy football. That's that's why we're all here. We're that's not here about here. college football. Well, uh, we college got, football eventually leads to fantasy football. Fair enough. Uh, we've got some news from around the NFL. Of course, our takeaways from Week 12. Ben's favorite, the Weekly Weenies. But then also, uh, after we get all that, we'll put our Dynasty hats on, put our Debbie hats on, and kind of look at some players hats. that will be coming into the NFL. Yeah, it's Debbie, Debbie Dynasty. That's that's the fun part of fantasy football. There's that fine line that you got to toe between being really excited about players coming into the NFL while also trying to win with players currently in the NFL. Uh, there's always that excitement, that rose-tinted glasses that you could have about the future of your fantasy teams. Yeah. So, uh, why don't we kick things off here with the news? It's mostly depressing because it's all injuries. But uh, Elijah Missile, <laughs> Elijah Missile, Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. Missile. Yeah, I like. 
He's projected to miss six to eight weeks with a knee injury. So as soon uh, as he came back, he immediately left once again. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's great for CMC owners. CMC owners breathe a sigh of relief. They were, they were tilting just a little bit after the way that Kyle Shanahan was using his running backs. It's just, there's too many mouths to feed in that offense. I mean, you look at the stats like everybody had this week, like nobody really popped. They all got pretty even touches. Like the best one was Brandon Ayuk. Like he's really showed out this year. He had an okay game. Kittle, I mean, was okay. Debo was okay at best. CMC was very meh. Elijah Mitchell, meh. There's just so many really good players, which is great for the 49ers in real life. But for fantasy, it's very difficult for that offense to to really have one player who can stick out. There's sort of the weird, odd, super random scenario where they have they're too good to be good for fantasy. Kind of like the Chiefs wide receiver room, a little bit. Like if it's not Travis Kelsey, yeah. like I that who I don't want him. Yeah, I mean. You do know with the Chiefs, there's a hierarchy, and that's probably where with the 49ers it's weird is because there's not a hierarchy. There's not like a an order of operations for the players that you know are going to be good. They're kind of all good, but there's not the clear guy that you know he's going to be great, and then everybody else will fall into place after him. And Shanahan is – credit to him as a coach. Like, he's phenomenal at scheming each guy, but he doesn't scheme for just one guy. Like, everyone has a role, and it's a important role, and everybody's going to get their – their time to shine, but it's to the extent to where for fantasy purposes, they're kind of all going to struggle a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Travis Etienne suffered what I think it could be wrong here, but I think it was like a midfoot sprain. So not, not anything too serious. Um, and there were reports during the game on Sunday against the Ravens that he could probably come back. But they, they said he was out, I think, like medically to cleared to come in. Right, and I guess, I mean, they ended up winning. Granted, they had to come from behind to do it, but I guess Doug Peterson felt good enough that, like, you know, I, I don't really know if it was, he didn't really care so much about the the game Sunday uh, or if it was just trying to keep ETN healthy for the stretch run, trying not to, to risk it. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. It, it It is a little more worrying to me because it was a close game, so I feel like if he was cleared, you probably would put your best offensive player back in the game. I, I don't know. It, they ended up winning, so I guess it you know really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but that, that part worried me just a little bit. Did you see what Zay Jones did in that game? Zay, oh my God. That was insane. <laughs> you know what's amazing? The only league where I've got him, I started him. Yeah, you, and you feel pretty good I about felt, that. I felt so good. I, I won the matchup because Zay Jones had 140 yards. You feel, like a, you feel like a genius? I feel so smart. And it's not like, I mean, there's... And Christian Kirk didn't wasn't amazing, but he still had like nine targets, and Zay Jones oh, still yeah. was, was awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's one league. I don't remember exactly uh, who was in my lineup, but I think I started. I'm going to try and pull it up here. Uh, in a win, I started uh, Garrett Wilson and Richie James. Richie James! Whatever. Fantasy football can be fun. It's it's also wildly frustrating. Super frustrating. 
Uh, speaking of frustrating, J.K. Dobbins returned to practice, or at least he will return to practice this week, which is very good um, because he's been incredibly disappointing this year. But if if you've held on to him, I think you could get a potential RB2 to kind of slot into your lineups for the stretch run for the playoffs. Uh, and if, if J.K. Dobbins is good in the playoffs, I don't think it will matter that he's been terrible all year. Like, if you've been able to tread water and he's been like your third running back or something, you're you're fine. You're good. Yeah, he'll be he'll be an okay flex. We've seen. I mean, the ceiling's pretty good if he can score touchdowns, but the floor is also a big concern with him. So, but you know, I feel I feel confident if I've got to throw him out in the flex, that's good. I'm saying all that because I'm trying to manifest that to be the actual case because there's a situation where that is the case. He's my third running back. He's been on my IR. I need to put him in my flex and be okay with it in the stretch run. Uh, we'll see if it happens. I, I don't know. I'm a little optimistic there. Uh, Jamar Chase, Here's theoretically, he's 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 going to play against the Chiefs, according to the, the Bengals. He almost played this past week. I I guess I was I was really happy that he didn't because it feels super fast, especially oh, for, for sure. the in, for the injury that he had. I mean, it was a it's a torn labrum and like a fracture in his hip. So I'm surprised he's going to play at all. But after like four weeks was insanely fast. But this will be the matchup to bring him back. He torched the Chiefs last time. They're the Bengals have won three straight. They're firmly in the playoff hunt. They need all the all the fire they're they're doing well as it is and now reinforcements are on the way in the form of one of the best receivers in the NFL. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're going to kind of put him on a snap count for this I, one I or if they're just going to run him out. I'm I'm going to start Jamar Chase in probably every league that I have him. But it's temper expectations. There's obviously he can catch a big pass in any time and 80 yard touchdown turns into 16 points or something like that and you're fine but if that doesn't happen i'm not expecting you know his typical 10 plus targets kind of thing he'll be more of a probably a decoy yeah Allen robinson he's gonna be out for the season sean mcveigh said he's oh done. no um <laughs> we're gonna miss you so much alan say say it isn't so oh no what a bummer. Christmas is Christmas is ruined. <laughs> sad sad for Allen Robinson, the player. We're taking that a little light. It's it's yeah. sad for him. I actually heard that Aaron Donald's dealing with an injury too, so this season just keeps getting worse for the Rams. Um but they, for fantasy, uh, this means nothing because Allen Robinson was very likely on your waivers anyway. The Detroit Lions are the real winners here because they're going to have two top 10 draft picks. Oh, next year. crap. I forgot they have the Rams pick. <laughs> yeah. I would not be surprised. The Rams surprised pick's going to be higher all. than their pick. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams pick is a top five pick and the Lions pick is like six or it's seven. It's a top 10 pick. They have two top 10 picks. If they get their quarterback of the future gonna courtesy of the Rams, I'm going to die. They're going to get a quarterback. <laughs> If they can get Bryce Young courtesy of the LA Rams and their Super Bowl run, that would be poetic. Imagine like Bryce Young falls a little bit too. Like Stroud goes as one of the top guys to like Carolina or something. And then like teams like Jacksonville don't need a quarterback. Chicago doesn't need a quarterback. 
And, you know, I could see him go at going to fall into four or five. They get him there. And then with that other pick, I don't know, they go get heck, I'm trying to think of what they need. They get like one of the elite defensive guys. Heck, you know, take a, take another receiver. Who cares? I could see and this it it's all speculation. I could see something like the Jets or the Giants trading up to get a quarterback, maybe. So it would get a little bit weird. Yeah, but that they would probably trade that pick. You're right. But uh, no, you're right. Like, let's go Lions, man. Lions uh, fans deserve having, this. They need something. They've had they bags on their this. heads for too long. They don't. They don't remember what the sun looks like. No, they don't. They need some help. Uh, Melvin Gordon. He was signed by the Chiefs to their practice squad, which means now just when you thought you had a running back on the Chiefs you could start, you don't because they just keep adding them. I'm not really scared of Melvin Gordon. Isaiah Pacheco's better than he is now. I mean, he's better, but I don't know. I could see Melvin Gordon stealing five carries. That's fair. I mean, even, even as good as Pacheco's been, like, you're probably not in a great spot if you've, if he's one of the guys you got to start anyway. So, no, I mean Pacheco yeah. probably he hadn't worked himself into anything more than a flex, um, and even in that case, like it's like I was excited in a couple leagues about him, where like I'd snagged him and you know off waivers, and he was just sitting on my bench. So I'm like, okay, well if I've got a desperation play, I can put Pacheco in there. But yeah, know, he's not he's not starting right now. And they throw so much around the goal line too. Like I know he scored Sunday, uh, but, but like still only had one catch for seventeen yards. It was a seventeen yard catch, but one catch. Right there's Pacheco's. I think he's talented. I just don't. I don't know. I it's more gray area when it comes to that backfield, but it's great for real life. Uh, they have one extra body that they can throw in there. Melvin Gordon probably is still. He's got something in there. Something in the tank. He's joining them for the Super Bowl run. So I, it's, that's fine. Uh, Darnell Mooney, he's likely out for the rest of the season with a foot injury. Oh, um, no. I haven't, I haven't seen that officially confirmed, but I think the coach said something. Matt Eberflew said something about this in his press conference. So this this may be officially official now, but he's probably he's another one, season, Darnell Mooney. That... Um... With that injury and then Justin Fields' injury, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears kind of pack it in for the year. Don't risk Fields anymore. Don't risk, you know, Mooney's out. I I just wouldn't be shocked if they kind of – you don't hear much from them anymore. That would be very depressing because Justin Fields was the – Oh, he's on fire. He he was the story of the season. My – I mean – it was like QB1, QB1, QB3, QB4, QB1 again. Like, whoa. Just out of nowhere. He suddenly turned into Lamar Jackson mixed with Josh Allen for no reason. It, was, it wasn't It was just that he was Lamar Absolutely Jackson. He was insane. like, it was Lamar Jackson if Lamar Jackson was better than Lamar Jackson. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, but, he was like uh, having 150 yards rushing, multiple touchdowns rushing, multiple passing touchdowns, like just... You took Lamar Jackson and juiced him up. Pretty much. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he's going to return. He's going to start for the Cleveland Browns next week. I think they're playing the Houston Texans. Could be wrong. Revenge game for both of them. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I you you have your your uh, your Cleveland Browns players going up into the right. Amari Cooper, especially Donovan Peoples Jones, gets more interesting, and Joku gets more interesting. Nick Chubb is probably just as good as he has been. Um, yeah, against against Houston, I mean Nick Chubb is even more far oh. more elevated. Like, holy crap! Yes, I. I Maybe it's because of the the nature of the situation. I I don't find myself very excited about Deshaun Watson returning, but he's returning, and I guess that means the Browns are better. I'm not expecting a blow up game from Deshaun Watson here. Like he's he's no. still going to be rusty. The dude hasn't played in over two years, and they're going up against Houston, which I'm not really scared of Houston, but I would fully expect them to kind of work him in slow, and it's going to be a big Nick Chubb game if. If I'm guessing, you know, kind of let him do his thing. Don't make Deshaun throw it 40 times and throw three picks kind of thing. So, Yeah, I think he's he's probably going to need some time to work back into, I don't know, work back it into the swing an, of things. It's a new offense. It's a new system. I mean, granted, he's probably had time to work with him before this, but everything's new. Yeah, I could definitely see he may not flash until the last couple weeks of the season. Uh, I could see it taking a good solid month before he is looking more like Deshaun Watson. And by he's that a, point, they're probably out of the playoff race too. So yeah, he's a, you're looking to see, see him really start to gel. So you can count on him next year kind of thing. Right. For fantasy purposes. I, I, yeah, I don't expect much. You just hope that he flashes for next year. All right, let's hop into our takeaways from week 12. Ben lead us off. We already know. We don't know, but let us know what we're about to learn. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I, I don't we've know. What already, that was. We've already learned that this is just pounding it in that Josh Jacobs is the freaking truth, man. Holy crap. He had 300 yards. 300. Josh Jacobs was the guy, like, everyone was. He, he was like Miles Sanders. Like, no one was really ever excited for him. Like, Josh Jacobs, he's okay. In so many leagues that I have at Josh Jacobs, I was always trying to throw him on top of deals just, just as a sweetener to get something done. And no one wanted yep. to do it. He's like, I don't really like Josh Jacobs. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can't do the deal then. And now he's like, he's literally carrying my fantasy teams just on his back, like RB1, 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 RB1. He's number in half PPR. I think he's the RB1. He's RB2, I think, in full PPR, still behind Eckler. And. Granted, this was kind of, this was an outlier week of 48. Like, this isn't going to happen again. But he's still been consistently putting up 30, which is absolutely insane. So, Josh Jacobs is... Is it safe to say he's a top five running back rest of season? Like, you know, even three weeks ago, I still would have said, no, he's RB1, but not top five. Like, I, I think he's top five now. I think that's... Yeah, fringe. Like he was, he was slipping just a little bit um, the past few weeks, and I don't know. I and maybe I think that's an overreaction. I don't know. Maybe, but even had, still, had, I mean, he's been he had he's forty been very touches. Solid. Forty. That's yeah. No, that's that's ridiculous. He had holy crap. Yeah. No, you're right. He had thirty nine touches, three hundred total yards. Uh, he had two touchdowns. Like even, um, but even the even past two the, weeks prior to that, he was a he was a top ten running back in week ten against Indianapolis and week eleven against Denver. Um, 
And then obviously like, he had those those three straight weeks uh, in the middle of the season with like 25-plus fantasy points. So, it, yeah, like I mean, he's barring, got the ceilings. Barring injury, even without the uh, the massive production he had this past week, like it's kind of the Najee Harris situation, except he's more efficient. Like if you're going to get 30-plus touches a week, like he's locked in your lineup and it's, it's not even close. He's, you know, he's, golly. Yeah, I know. It it makes you think like imagine if Najee Harris was efficient, you would have Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's wild. Um my, one of my takeaway, well, my main takeaway here is if you doubt a Garrett Wilson, you were wrong. The dude is ridiculous. He has produced with subpar quarterback play with non-existent quarterback play and now he's producing now he's got a quarterback. Now play. he's got a legend at quarterback. I mean, I was, I was telling you yesterday. I was like, "This is, this is what happens when you give Garrett Wilson a good quarterback. You give him Mike White, and he's amazing." Elijah <laughs> Moore. Not, I don't even know if Mike White's a good quarterback. Like he feels like he I could don't. be cut from the Gardner Minshew cloth of like has a few good games, but he he's built a legend off of that. Listen, Gardner Minshew. I remember there was a season Minshew, when he had like seventy four percent completion didn't, percentage. Didn't you get a Gardner Minshew jersey? While we were in school? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> Everybody's yes. like, dude, why did you do that? <laughs> I bought a Gardner Minshew jersey when he was the backup quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because why came the in, freak not? Yeah, but that, that was back when he was like posting pictures in jean shorts and like cut off shirts. Listen, and he would, I wanted and a he piece would come of the off shorts. the bench and throw like 350 yards. Yes. The dude had so swagger. He was so good. He had, he had the cojones. You were just in. He was Baker Mayfield, I don't but know. cooler. He was Baker Mayfield, but good at football. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know where we got there, but uh, Mike White, he's very good. G- uh, Garrett Wilson with Mike White is very good. Uh, I think now that Garrett Wilson has logged that performance, uh, he is. Well, he's wide receiver 22, so he's not having a great season, all things considered. Um, but he's, I mean, he's, he's shown flashes 24. of elite talent. Yeah, he's top 24 receiver. Top 24 with, with an excellent ceiling. He's been top 24 with mostly Zach Wilson, so that should that should say something. He should, at worst, stay the same, which is a good flex play. He's a very good flex play. I think he is He's a potentially decent wide receiver, too. Maybe not. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with him as my wide receiver too, but I would feel great if he was one of my flexes. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. I'm still I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop with Mike White. I'm I'm not I don't know I'm not sure. It, it kind of scares me, but he was magnificent on Sunday. Granted, against the Bears, but still. Well, I mean, you can be mediocre in New York, and that's great to these guys. They don't know anything else. Their last Listen, good quarterback was Mark they, Sanchez. When they averaged two inches of play last week in the second half, they will take just about anything. They had negative passing yards. Negative in the second half. That ain't good. Zach Wilson is officially done in New York. All right, what are your what are your final couple takeaways here? Uh, final couple takeaways is uh, one player we already mentioned and one we've kind of lamented here a little bit lately, and it's not all his fault. Um, Justin Herbert finally came back. It was really good to see him have a good game. 
If you listen to the show, you know we both are really big Justin Herbert fans, so very happy about that. And in one of my main leagues, I went into yesterday, I was down 60 points, and I I didn't think I had a shot. I had Justin Herbert, and I had Miles Sanders left. And Justin Herbert went out and got me 31 points. So I'm like, all right, awesome. This is really great. Very excited. But I don't, I mean, I still don't think I'm going to lose. I was more just happy to see Herbert doing well. And then Miles Sanders coming out like, Gab or Enrique Iglesias because he was in <laughs> fact my hero and got me 29 and a half points in half PPR and won me the week. So I want to applaud Miles Sanders and Justin Herbert for putting it together and bringing me from the grave to a win. It, I'm sure that felt good because they have been, well, Miles Sanders is, he's been good. He's been, times, but he's Justin been, Herbert. he's been a, a solid RB two, I guess. Justin Herbert hasn't been good since week two, so it was, it was, it was a long time coming. It it feels so good. Uh, weekly weenies. We'll we'll hop into those and then put our Debbie hats on. Weekly weenies. Well, this will be kind of a surprising week because there are some very big names on the list this week, and we'll start it off with some running backs: uh, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, and Dalvin Cook. We had been talking. How the 2017 class was balling this year, not this week. Alvin Kamara, I, let me—I don't even remember what he had. Alvin Kamara had like four points, something what like he, that. What he had was two fumbles. He had, yeah, he had four points. He had, uh, you know, good receiving yards. Six catches, 37 yards. Lost two fumbles. Alvin, I don't—I'm don't, yep. not sure what you're doing there. Only had 13 rushing yards. Felt good because I benched him in the league. I kind of low-key predicted this because it's San Francisco. Their defense is awesome. You cannot run the ball against them. So I feel really smart there. But I also hate seeing Alvin Kamara suffer because I'm a big Alvin Kamara fan. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, not really sure what they're doing. Six points and seven points, respectively. I really expect better from you guys. Y'all are people's first-round picks. Do better. Uh, Damian <laughs> Pierce, it, it happened again. We kind of talked about it last last week where in a bad offense with a running back that doesn't catch passes, you can have some absolutely dud weeks, and we've had two in a row from Damian Pierce. Still like him, still love the talent, but this is kind of the game you play with him and when you roll the dice. Uh, more big names. Mike Evans and Debo Samuel had four points and five points respectively. It's It's crazy. Debo, we kind of more or less expect it these days because they added CMC, even though he had a horrible game too. Just too many miles to feed in that offense. Mike Evans didn't watch the game, but I know he had like six or seven targets, but he only caught two passes. Meanwhile, Chris Godwin absolutely eight in that game. So I don't know. Mike Evans has a history of doing this too, where he just he just he'll just disappear. Yeah, like, where yeah, did he'll he go? Just, I don't know. It's it's wild because uh, he if if you look at his whole his season in totality, it has really not been that good. And there was a lot of people that thought, honestly, myself included, that thought that there was a decent chance he could finish roughly a top five wide receiver. But the passing offense has kind of taken a step back, and Chris Godwin has looked probably a lot better than I thought he would coming off the ACL injury. 
Yeah, he he was phenomenal. I think he had like twelve catches, um, a touchdown. I don't I don't remember how many yards he had, but it was it was a phenomenal game for him. And uh, let's put some two, let's move on to some quarterback play. Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Uh, horrible. Eesh. I know Aaron Rodgers got hurt, but it was later in the game he got hurt. And he's been suffering with the hand injury, but I don't really care because you are kind of an albatross in my lineup and you need to get out. Uh, Russell Wilson <laughs> Russell Wilson did not get hurt, and he played a full game and was even worse than Aaron Rodgers to the point where did you see the clip of the teammates yelling in Russell Wilson's face? And it was oh, yeah. it was directly behind it. directly behind the head coach Nathaniel Hackett, and he just pretended like he heard yep. nothing. <laughs> He's like, I don't, you don't know. I don't my know what favorite Russell there. Wilson stat. Uh, the fact that Carson Wentz has more touchdowns than him. That's a good one, but it's not my favorite. My favorite is that Russell Wilson has more bathrooms in his house than he does passing touchdowns. Oh, that I, this I did know that. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a really good one. Carson Wentz has bathrooms. A, Carson Wentz has like eleven touchdowns, and he hasn't played yep. since like week six, and he has more more touchdowns than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson hasn't missed any time. Russell and we'll go ahead. Ooh. We'll no, round I, out the I, weekly weenies with uh, Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts as usual. Oh yeah, of course. We can we cannot forget the albatrosses in your lineup of the uh, Atlanta Falcons and former Atlanta Falcons. That are just just a quick reminder that for the fantasy football purposes and for real life purposes, uh, Calvin Ridley is just as useful as we are. Yeah, I mean, you running on your tiptoes, doing routes, routing people up, you're basically better than Calvin Ridley. At this moment in time, yes. I'd call you Twinkle Toes. You should. Hey, everybody, uh, a quick little announcement. Sorry to interrupt, but I have a couple things I want to say really, really quickly. Number one, if you enjoy this show, the absolute best way for the show to grow, for people to find out about the Fantasy Brothers is for you to go in there to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Uh, if you'll just drop five stars in there, leave a review of the show. That works so well with Apple Podcasts, and they then show the Fantasy Brothers, to more people. So uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. It would be wonderful. And then if you're listening anywhere else, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, just rate the show. Uh, if you enjoy the show, give it five stars, and it will do the same thing there. Also, if you want to go further, if you really enjoy what we're doing here and you want to partner with us, go find us on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Fantasy Brothers. There'll be a link to it in the description wherever you're listening or watching as well. Uh, and just hop in there, you know, as, as low as $2 a month, a cup of coffee a month, as they say over here. Uh, and that, that just supports us and lets us know that you enjoy what we're doing and that you've had fun listening to the podcast or have learned some things and, and maybe your fantasy teams are doing pretty well this year. So that's it. Leave a review, find us on Patreon, and uh, we'll be eternally grateful. And so now, without further ado, let's hop back into the show with Ben when we're talking about players that we're thankful for for this fantasy season. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, we'll put our, what our, our dynasty Debbie hats on. Here's uh, where the meat happens. Yeah. Let's take a look at the 2023. We've talked about these rookies coming in uh, a little bit before. I don't think we'll we've ever really take gone a look super at, in depth with it. Probably not. Cause it, you just, know the, it takes a while for it yeah. to develop and for you to kind of know what you're really dealing with. Uh, 
you know, like, earlier on in the year, it was, well, you knew Jackson Smith and Jigba was there. You knew Bijan Robinson was there. You knew about Stroud and Bryce Young. Uh, but other than that, it was Jordan Addison, potentially interesting. Uh, Kayshawn Boutte, potentially interesting. But they're just, it, it was very foggy. You just didn't know a ton. Um, and that's sort of the way we are with the 2024 class now, though we do know that there are a few players in 2024 that should be really good. Um, but let's hop into the 2023 class and sort of just break down maybe like the top 15, 16 or so players. College just football briefly. season is officially over, so we can do this now. Yeah, so... Except for bowl season. Well, yeah. You know, we might have another 300-yard receiving Bowl season doesn't really matter as much because so many guys sit out. Right. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see which of these players play their bowl game and which don't. Um, I was telling you before the show, there's probably a couple guys that could benefit from playing the bowl game. Um, yes. But... I, I don't really know how that will shake out. Obviously, at the top, the main man himself, B. John Robinson, we've been excited about him for forever. He is, he's been incredible. He's been locking up 200-yard game after 200-yard game. Super flex uh, or not is, super flex, I think he's the 101. I would not blame you there. Just because I don't think we have a generational, um, just like show-stopping quarterback this year. It's, it's better Robinson than last year, year's class. Yeah. Bijan has fifteen hundred and eighty yards rushing, eighteen touchdowns, and three hundred and fourteen yards receiving and two more touchdowns. That's ridiculous. It's, that it's is not it's not outlandish to say he I mean he's a he's another Saquon Barkley. Just from a talent perspective, yeah, it'll be, he's that good. It'll be interesting to see how he tests at the combine because if he runs like a four three or something, then yes, you're you're talking about a Saquon level talent because he's got the measurables right. When you're I don't looking think he's, at, he'll be quite four three, but that's just watching him on tape. He's fast. Don't get me wrong. I expect I'm expecting like four four five something like that, but I don't think he he has the truly just blowout speed. But he's like it's not he's not slow. Yeah, when you look at these running backs to see and project, like how are they going to do at the NFL level? You're looking at size. Uh, Bijan is six foot two twenty. That check, yes, you love Jonathan that. Jonathan Taylor, um, height and weight. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Uh, you're looking at measurables at the combine. Obviously, we don't have those yet, but you can imagine he's probably going to be pretty quick just based on tape. If you, you can watch see it on tape, he's fast. Find one game of film. One game of film. I don't. I'm not even asking you to look at the season. For Bijan Robinson, just find one game of film. Yeah, you will be blown. And away. then you're looking at, then you're looking at pass game production, and he's got that in spades. Maybe better than, I I can't remember a running back that was producing this consistently uh, in the pass game. Like last year, his junior or his sophomore year, he had 26 catches, 295 yards, and four touchdowns receiving. Uh, and then this year, he's got 19 for 314 and two. So. That is two straight years of 200-plus yards receiving. That is exactly what you're looking for in a running back prospect. Um, he is – I'm. Sh we're going to talk about him ad nauseum leading up to rookie drafts, but if you're gonna you have not You're going to be sick of hearing about looked, B. John Robinson. It's going to be like what Brees Hall was. <laughs> the way we talked about Brees Hall, that's how we're going to talk about B. John. It's, it's going to be that level of excitement. Um, B. John is very, very good. He checks – 
every single box that you want a running back to check. Obviously, we don't have his his measurables yet, but we can guess. As of right now, he's he's a he's one of those guys who is the, a perfect prospect. There are no holes in his game. Yep. Yeah, averaging six yards a carry. That is, that's exactly what you want. He is the breakout age. He's, he's twenty years old. Yes. Yeah, sign me up. Um, all right, moving on down. We knew we knew Bijan was the truth. Uh, let's hop into some of these other running backs. Jameer Gibbs. Um, as excited as I am for Bijan, I think Jameer Gibbs has the potential to be just as good in fantasy football. And here's why. The receiving production in college for Jameer Gibbs is honestly stupid. I mean, it's, like... It's on a different level. Bijan... Yeah, Bijan checks the box for receiving. He he projects to be a good receiving back at the NFL level. Jameer Gibbs projects to be he, he like blows it Alvin Kamara or better. It's if you it's watch absurd. him on film, like it it feels too easy. But like I swear, I'm watching Alvin Kamara with the receiving, the contact balance. Like that's that's him. Yeah, his past two seasons. His past two seasons, uh, in 2021, he had 36 catches for 470 yards. That is absolutely dumb. He did that at Georgia Tech. And then he went over to Alabama, and he does 42 catches for 372 yards and three touchdowns. That is dumb. I mean, like, if you're getting a, a running back with, like, 150 yards receiving in a season, that's enough to where you can say, okay, he he probably projects as a good receiver as a running back the next level. 400 yards as a running back? That is stupid. Stupid. And it's in that Alabama offense where, like, everybody catches, you know, a ton of passes, and he's still a standout receiver. And not only did he do it at Alabama, where it's like, sure, okay, Alabama's great. He did it at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech he was better terrible. at Georgia Tech. It's it's ridiculous. He is He's like 850 yards rushing. So he, you know, 6.3 yards a carry this year, 5.2 a year ago. He is, I think, I think the Alvin Kamara comp is very, very on point with Jameer Gibbs. He's a little bit smaller. He's listed at 5'11", 200 pounds. Um, you would probably want him to be closer to 210 pounds. But as, as a receiving running back, you can see him getting, you know, 10 carries a game, but, but also giving you, you know, eight targets a game um, and being just fine. Like the Austin Which, Eckler, Alvin Kamara type archetype that is Jameer Gibbs that is the the Konami code running back he's the cheat code so yeah Gibbs Bijan they're clear one and two for me they look really 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 good uh but there's a few other interesting guys there are lead me through the next couple guys that you're interested in here yeah I like uh I like Zach Evans from Ole Miss not as obviously I think there's a there's a fairly large tier break like last year, you know, you had um, Walker and what's his name? <laughs> what's his name? Brees Hall. Uh, Brees Hall. Mike, I completely you know blank there. Apparently, I'm had a stroke or something. Brees Hall and <laughs> Kenneth Walker were kind of the clear, you know, tear break, and then the other guys. Um, so it's a tear break after Gibbs, and I'd say a fairly big one. But Zach Evans has a lot of upside, I think. Um, I'm I like Sean Tucker. Um, I know there's there's more questions with him. I do if he has a good landing. After these guys, it's all landing spot. 
But with a good landing spot, I, I do like Sean Tucker a lot. Um, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA is interesting. I'm a big fan of Tank Bigsby as well from Auburn. I would love with my second round picks in the 2020 rookie class or rookie draft class, like mid second round picks. If I can get Tank Bigsby there, I'm taking him every single time because he's a downhill runner. He's big, strong. You know, he's not as fast, so he doesn't check all the boxes like the other guys do. But I think he could be extremely effective in the right situation. So those are those are probably the guys afterwards is Evans, Tucker, Bigsby, Charbonnet are the guys you're paying attention to after the top two. Yeah, there's also Devin A. Chain who just dropped 200 yards on LSU. Mohamed Ibrahim. Yeah, killed him. Ibrahim, it feels like he's had 100 yards like 37 games straight for Minnesota. Granted, he's their entire offense. So he's he's another name to kind of just look at. But I'll say with these running backs, like the Tucker, Charbonnet, Bigsby's, those are guys that may go like late first round. You got Blake Corum in there too, and he's he's obviously been wonderful for Michigan. Um, they may go like late first round, early second round in your drafts, depending on um, you know how how big a league you've got. But these are guys that like when you're looking at uh, building your teams, I would be very very happy to load up on second round picks this year. Because uh, if I can snag Tucker, Charbonnet, Bigsby, two of those three, something like that, uh, in my rookie drafts, I'm feeling pretty good. I've got a chance at like Antonio Gibson a couple of years ago. Uh, he came in as like a second or third round rookie pick and obviously was yeah. an RB1. And that's where a lot of these guys are going to end up going is, you know, the third, fourth round. Yeah. it's As long as they've got that like top four rounds draft capital. I will feel really good about him. Obviously, there's kind of a cutoff there of like after the fourth round, um, they tend not to produce much at the more NFL of a level. Throw. Yeah, they tend to be m- much more expendable. But there's a lot of guys there that are interesting. I know it's, it's Zach Evans. Such, such a deeper class this year. It's it's so yeah. nice to finally have some safety. I do want to mention for Zach Evans. I think he's a name that he may get passed over a bit because. He doesn't really have the the cachet, the name value that some of these other guys have, like Charbonnet, Blake Corum, obviously, who's in the Heisman conversation in college football right yeah. now. Zach Evans, he's got he's weird because he's not even the leading rusher on his team. There's a freshman running back for Ole Miss this year that has 1,500 yards, and Zach Evans has like 900 or something. Um, but he he projects as like a a straight line burner. Um, he is very very talented um he's just i don't know he he doesn't give you the wow maybe that like a Bijan or gibbs gives you for fantasy football but i think he could be potentially very very dangerous in those late first round uh picks you could be getting a guy that you know he could he could end up on a team mid late third round mid late second round um, kind of come out of nowhere and people are going to be like, where, why Zach Evans? Who is that? Uh, and he could be pretty good. Yeah, All right. Man. Uh, wide receivers, lead us through them. Top guy. I still, I maybe, maybe I'm stuck in the past a little bit, but I'm, I'm going process over production and I'm still, I've still got Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio state as my top wide receiver from the class. He has not played this year. I don't know. 
really the severity. I know it's been a hamstring injury that's kept him out of most games this year. He's only got like five catches because he's been so banged up. He got hurt like in game one against Notre Dame, and he's been in and out of the lineup since. But I, I think I've seen enough to where when he outproduced Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson last year at Ohio State as a, as a true sophomore, that's – I mean, he, he checks, again, every single box that you look for. He had the breakout age is, you know, phenomenal. The talent profile, the production, everything is there in that sophomore year. And the fact that he outproduced two, two guys who are both phenomenal NFL wide receivers, I'm not concerned about Njigba at all, really. And I think the fact that, you know, this may be hurting his actual NFL draft stock a little bit is even better because he's going to go to a little bit better team if he slips in the first round. Yeah, I could I could see something like that happening. I think with Njigba, where you're very excited is because on a per-game basis, he was outproducing Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, um, and that is – obviously both of them are very good, but you could make the argument Garrett Wilson and Alave are the best two rookie receivers in the NFL right now. Um, and if you've got a guy in Njigba who was better than them in college, you can make the inference that he could be better than the two of them in the pros as well. I, you know, I, and I watch, you know, a lot of other fantasy content creators and I've seen, you know, people saying he's like the next Jamar Chase. I don't know if I'm going to go that far just because Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson were so much of a revelation. But he is cut from that same cloth from a talent perspective. So I'm not going to count on it, but I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it happened and he was another one of those rookie wide receivers that can just win you win you the league. Yeah, I, I'm excited about him. I'm nervous about that injury, but, but yeah, he is... The ceiling is the roof, as the idiots say for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, Jordan Addison is another guy that we got to talk about. He's really interesting because I don't think he profiles as like that big alpha feels, outside wide receiver. He feels like Brandon Cooks to me. Yeah, I could see that. Oregon like State. a a Brandon Cooks that tests better. Now, yeah. Brandon Cooks has been great for fantasy, uh, but he's not like the wide receiver one kind of good, you know? Um, and he and has I some really Addison, good years at, you know, New Orleans and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, he, he had like a 1,400-yard season with the Saints. I think he had a top 15, NF, uh, top 15 season with the Rams, with the Patriots. Um, he's been really, really good in his career. But I think with Addison... I just don't think you you have that ceiling with him that you might have with some other guys. Uh, we'll he'll talk about he'll need a better system for a second. and stuff like that. Like Jackson Smith and Jigba, right. whatever team he goes to, if if he gets past this injury, he's going to be very, very, very good. Whereas Addison, he's going to more than likely end up in a slot role, which is fine. That's what his game is. But it'll have to be you know, certain few. It's 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 a more limited amount of teams he can be really awesome at. Yeah, I think you're you're gonna see with him a little bit of, and I hate to make the comparison, but like a little bit of the Devonta Smith sort of thing, um, a slighter frame, um, potentially won't test like out of this world kind of thing, 
Um, I, I think he's a very good receiver, and obviously he had the wonderful season at Pitt with Kenny Pickett as his quarterback. Um, and he has been won good the this year. Award. Yeah, he's he's been really really great, uh, but he just hasn't been like eye popping, if that makes sense. Yeah, he's I, been, I hate like to say yards. His season was a disappointment. Like when I saw he went to Southern Cal and he's going to be playing with Caleb Williams, like I was expecting some completely insane numbers, and he's been good, but it wasn't what I was hoping for. I wouldn't go so far to say it's a disappointment. That that seems a bit strong because they do have other yeah, receivers yeah. there. They grabbed I'll a guy say, named Mario Williams. It feels bad Williams. to say that. Yeah. He's very good. But, I mean, he he has been very good. I, I don't want anybody to hear Jordan Addison and be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't draft him. I think he will be a good receiver for your fantasy teams, but I think yep. what will not happen with Addison is he will not be a top five fantasy wide receiver. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's ever in his in his ceiling. Not this is not saying I, like more than likely he's going to be going at worst middle of the first round rookie drafts. So this isn't going to knock his. I don't think his game's going to get knocked that bad. He's going to be Quentin he's Johnston gonna be going. real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, so Quentin Johnston he uh, has risen up draft boards a lot this season, and I think it's a measurables kind of thing. Uh, he's six foot four, two hundred fifteen pounds. Plays for TCU, has sort of lit things up this year. He was good last year, but uh, he's got seven hundred sixty four yards this year, um, which isn't like eye popping per se. But he's got big games when they've needed him to have big games. He's got a game with two hundred yards and a touchdown. He's got a game with one hundred eighty yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's just not giving you like. 12 catches every single week kind of deal. Um, so he's not going to give you those crazy 1,500-yard eye-popping numbers. But he he projects to go to the NFL and be very, very good. And I think he'll be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Um, that huge frame, I think, is what's going to make NFL teams very excited. Um, and I think if things break right for him, he could be a ridiculous fantasy receiver, um, you know, like a just a, a very solid outside NFL wide receiver. Um T Higgins. You know, depending kinda, on how he kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to put that kind of pressure on him, but for sure. He he could definitely be I expect T Higgins that production. Kind of player. Yeah, Quentin Johnson if you're listening. Fair enough. <laughs> I think the only thing with him that's sort of scary is the lack of touchdowns. He's got five of them this year. Um and I think What's the guy from TCU? I can't remember his name. Uh, quarterback for TCU has thrown 31 of them. Oh, it's uh, and Duggan. So, yeah, Max Duggan. You're right. So Duggan's thrown 31 touchdowns, and Quentin Johnson only has five of them. I would like to see that be like 10. Um, but, oh well. And he, he's going up against Big 12 defenses, which are not known to be very stout. So I would think I would expect a little bit better numbers for the number four team in the Big 12. But, I mean, I'm we're being ticky-tacky at that point. We kind of are. Uh, let's talk Josh Downs and Kayshawn Boutte real quick. Kayshawn Boutte, at least coming into the season, he was like my favorite guy out of this whole draft class. I was like saying like he could be better than JSN, and that's still within the realm of possibilities. Like I feel like he's another one of those guys where I'm trusting process over production, where – 
like from a talent perspective, he's insane. Like he, maybe it's just because he's at LSU, but when he's on the field and like you see him making plays, he looks like Jamar Chase. I know he's not that level, but he looks like him. And you know he's super super fast. He's the same size as Jamar Chase. He's like six foot even, two hundred five pounds. So like they look the same. And he's, you know, checks the talent profile. He broke out at a young age, which is what you look for with these guys. This season, this season has been a disappointment. I will say for him, uh, he, he's not even leading his own team in receivers. Granted, it's a new coaching staff. Um, they're more focused. He had, they have a running quarterback, and you know, Daniels is pretty good, but he hasn't really brought that passing touch that you'd like to see. So it's not all Butte's fault with his production, but I would still, I mean, I still would like to see him. He's only got one touchdown. He's got like 400 something yards. So he's still got a large piece of his team's passing pie and it's not a huge passing pie, but still, um, I would have liked to see more than I have. Yeah. I think where he's going to be really enticing is he's probably going to test really, really well. Yeah, he's he's going to be fast. He's going to check the physical boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing with him is not the production boxes. And so um, I think with him, it's people are going to take him. And obviously it's so soon, but I'm not going to call you crazy for taking him because I do think that there's absolutely the potential there for him to be really, really good. You're um, really betting you on see that production. with him. Yeah, you really want to see that production box checked, something like, you know, 30% of your team's targets, 30% of your team's uh, passing production, air yards, something, and he's just not giving you that this year for a good LSU team. So, um, I don't know. that He scares me a little bit, uh, but I get why you would jump on him. Yeah, I... Yeah, and, you know, he's probably going to go after a lot of these guys. There's a He's going to go after JSN. He's probably going to go after Addison. He's... He's in the Quentin Johnson level, but just based on the talent profile, and he has produced in the SEC with subpar quarterback play. So if he slips and goes to one of the better teams in mid-late first round, like I am very, very excited for him there. He's he's still in my personal players for 2023. He's in my top five. Yeah, uh, Josh Downs, okay? He is... He's a little bit of the opposite end of the spectrum. He's the production over measurables kind of argument. Um, this year, he's virtually a thousand yard receiver. Last year, he was a 1300 yard receiver. The only issue is that he's 5'10, 175. Uh, so he is obviously just a different archetype of receiver. He profiles as a slot receiver at the next level, which means uh, less big plays. Probably, he will need volume to be dominant at the NFL level, which he could, I mean, he could still get a first round draft capital. So you'll be interested in him at that draft price. Um, and obviously a team is going to be very into him because they paid up for him. But um, with him, you just hope he runs super duper fast. Uh, <laughs> you're hoping you're getting it like a low four threes, high four twos or something with Josh Downs for you to just be like, whoa, okay. Uh, this dude is freaky. Uh, you want some some kind of something like that in his measurables. He checks all the production be, uh, boxes. You know, well, oh gosh, what was that guy? Brown from a few years ago. Remember when he broke the record? 
like a four two or something like oh, that. Oh, John John Brown. Yeah. John Brown, that guy. Even though he never produced, that's what he's got to do. Yeah. So, you know, Downs, he he has touchdowns. He's got uh he gets uber targeted at North Carolina. I mean, he's got multiple games of ten plus catches this season. He had a bunch of them last season too with Sam Howell. Um, so he hasn't really skipped a beat with the new quarterback. Obviously, Drake May's been great. Um, but I think with Downs, he's just I think he could be very good. He just has a little bit of a limited ceiling for fantasy. Yeah. Uh tight ends, really quick. This is really one. maybe the slept on part of this potential rookie class. Uh, the tight ends are very intriguing. There's one, Michael Mayer, is, he's going to be exciting. He's likely going to slip into, at least for certain, probably first round of fantasy rookie drafts. If you're, if yeah, you're really I think, desperate for a tight end. I think I am, I, I, don't, I haven't spoken this out loud, but I think I am going to operate out of the, unless it's Kyle Pitts, don't draft a tight end in the first round of your rookie drafts. But... Michael Mayer is going to be tempting at that later end of the first round. Um, He's, yeah. The problem is tight ends are just so bad, just in general. And it takes them so long to produce. Yeah, I mean, it's he's another one. If you're one of the competing teams, I'm really ha- really okay with you taking um, Michael Mayer there because you don't need him right away. So he can be a bench stash, a taxi squad guy to where you put him there and hope either next year or the year after you've got a top, you know, top eight tight end in fantasy. And he, he checks so many boxes that, you know, that's well within the range of outcomes and we could see him kind of quickly ascend the tight end ranks in the NFL. Yeah, I, I could totally see, it depends on how he tests because with tight ends, you still want to see that athleticism. Um, But his last two seasons at Notre Dame are virtually identical uh, 71 catches, 840 yards in 2021, seven touchdowns. Uh, this year he's sitting on 67 for 809 and nine touchdowns. Um, yeah. so he is, that is, uh, that's about as good as you can hope for from a tight end in college football. That's ridiculous. I haven't, I haven't watched a ton of his, you know, blocking and stuff like that. So that'll be a big key as to whether he can be, you know, a three down tight end, which is unless you're Travis Kelsey, that's what you have to do to produce. So you can stay out on the field. But, you know, if he if he checks the blocking, you know, boxes too, he's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, the other tight end that I think is worth mentioning that will be available here, and this is just like, he is freaky. Uh, Darnell Washington, he's a tight end for Georgia. He measures in at six foot seven, two hundred and seven pounds. Who wears zero? Yeah, the big, the, the big the dude. Yeah, big that one. guy. He looks like Kyle Pitts, but like bigger. Yeah, he's Kyle Pitts, but he's taller, and he weighs two hundred and eighty <laughs> pounds. This dude is ridiculous. Um, the The production isn't quite there the way you'd want. He's got four hundred yards receiving and one touchdown this year. You'd like a little bit more, um, but he's intriguing. Uh, he's terrifying. He, he's absolutely horrifying. Uh, the other one that I think is interesting, he is also a tight end for Georgia. Uh, oh, yeah, Eric Gilbert. So good. Not Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers, he's a 2024 guy. But Eric Gilbert, 
He's their third string tight end. He had 370 yards in 2020, the COVID year. Um, this was prior to Brock Bowers being on campus. He was ridiculous. Um, and then because Georgia has the best tight end in college football, Eric Gilbert and Darnell Washington kind of get relegated to a backseat a little bit. So Gilbert hasn't produced and Georgia frankly, really doesn't much at all throw the ball over the field either anyway. So it's not like they can produce a ton of really great pass catchers. Right. But I think you could totally see Darnell Washington going in like fourth, fifth round or something, and Eric Gilbert going like sixth or seventh. Um, keep an eye on them. They're, they are potentially pretty freaky for the NFL. All right. Anything this else? This is you this add? is going to be. Yeah, I mean, this is just going to want to be one of those draft classes. Like last year was admittedly like it was. Last year was shallow. After like the top, you know, seven picks in the first round, it was kind of really unexciting. There were a couple guys who have who've ended up pretty good that you got in the second. You had you know George Pickens, Damian Pierce, but outside of that, it's been really, really slim pickings this year. But or last year, but there. but this year, <laughs> but this year, <laughs> um, you know, the, even the late first round picks, they're going to be much much more valuable. They're not. You could you could you couldn't give away like the one hundred nine in last year's draft. Like nobody wanted it. But this year, like you know, if I can get the one hundred nine something like that for relatively cheap, like I'm doing it every time. Even if you are unlucky, you're not able to trade up or finish high enough to get the B. John Robinsons, Jameer Gibbs, those level guys, they're still great talent at all all places in this year's draft. So don't undervalue your picks. You know who we didn't talk about? The quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't talk about a single one of these quarterbacks. Uh, okay. Really quickly, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, they're the number one, number two quarterbacks. You can kind of... You probably can flip-flop them depending on how you approach quarterback. Yeah, um, I like Stroud's talent more, but Bryce Young I think is definitely going to be more pro-ready coming out. Um, There's definitely more physical questions with Bryce Young, size, all that kind of stuff, but he's coming from Bama's program. The dude's got a good head on his shoulders. You know, I'm by no means a quarterback scout. I've never played the position. All I do is watch football, so I'm kind of in no position to – the scout who's good, um, full disclosure, I was really excited about Zach Wilson coming into the NFL, and that didn't pan out. Yeah. So I'm not going to make any bold predictions about, about quarterbacks, really. But obviously those two guys are, are head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, I think with – so Bryce Young first, I think you're right. He's probably going to be more effective earlier than C.J. Stroud. Um I think Bryce Young, the reason why I'm attracted to him as a potential uh, super flex draft pick kind of thing, um, he has produced, I think, in difficult situations this year. Like his numbers really aren't dropping off all that much, and he's playing hero ball out there and kind of carrying Alabama on his back, which just feels so he's, weird. He's led a lot of um, game-winning drives in, in big-time moments. Yeah, he's he's got that dog in him, as they say. Like he just... He's getting it done no matter what kind of thing. And and they're not winning every game, but they're in every game. Um, and, and Bryce That's why I like him. Like he's, shows up every he's game. He's the most ready of anybody in this class. Yeah, I could I could see him 
for sure being a franchise quarterback. If he gets drafted by Detroit or somebody like that where they have weapons already, he'll be great. I mean, him, you add in Jamison Williams, you add in Amon Ross St. Brown, you give him DeAndre Swift. Like, he should be fantastic. And a a good offensive line. A great offensive line. He he would be wonderful in that situation. Uh, C.J. Stroud, he is bigger, has the the measurables. Yeah, he's got he's got the physical tools. The thing with Stroud that just he's great, but he scares me just a little bit. It's maybe it's just a little bit of the Ohio State issue that they are so much better than just about everybody that they play. They boat race people. The Big Ten's not he very good. He just hasn't. The Big Ten's okay. They have good top level teams, and maybe the bottom isn't super good. Um, but the thing with Stroud is he just hasn't shown that extra little bit that he can carry a team when they need. Like he's not been he got, excellent he got when they by needed Michigan. him. And he and was granted, not super Michigan, great. Michigan. Michigan is a very good football team, but like for a Heisman favorite guy, like they're talking about you as potential, you know, top overall pick, depending on what team gets there. Like I, I expect you not to kind of get shut down by Michigan in the second half of your big rivalry game. Yeah. You would expect that with Marvin Harrison Jr., with Emeka Abuka, uh, with Julian Fleming as your wide receivers, not to mention they also have Njigba just chilling. Like, you probably should be – you should be showing us Caleb Williams-type flashes, um, but he's not doing it to the level that, like, Caleb Williams is, even though the numbers are there. Like, the numbers tell you C.J. Stroud is nails. He's amazing. He doesn't look um, like that dog. Right. He he doesn't quite pass the eye test the same way that Caleb Williams, that Bryce Young does, if that makes sense, even though – the measurables are there. The numbers are there. He should be really good in the NFL. Um, and you can you, you can kind of pick them between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Uh, finally, last two guys here. Uh, one of them, just a footnote. Hendon Hooker, I think, you know, he, he tore his ACL against South Carolina. So he may not be super great or even available at all. His... Uh, rookie year in the NFL. Um, but I think Hennon Hooker showed a lot, uh, at least to me this year, that he has what it takes to be a great NFL quarterback. The problem is he'll be 25 years old, I think, when he'll be drafted. Uh, so he'll be a little bit older. Probably 26 years old. Yeah, he'll be like 26 by the time he's actually ready to go, maybe, in the NFL. He is That's a little scary. Us. Yes. And we've been out of college for two years. <laughs> Yes, um, but he uh, he was very good all year, uh, even in the games when, you know, even when they played South Carolina and were crushed, he still played pretty well. And I mean, it was, Georgia, th- it was like 35-31 well. when he got hurt. So, like, it's Tennessee was still yeah. very much in the game. Yeah, he... Um, yeah, I think he I think he could be pretty solid in the NFL. Final guy here, I I don't think I'm not sold yet. Will Levis. He is I think the Josh Allen project has made people believe that Will Levis can be a great NFL quarterback. And maybe, but he he just I don't want I don't want to count on lightning striking twice. Let's put it that way. Yeah, um 
if he goes to a good landing spot, sure. But he's if it's super flex, I could see him being late first. I probably wouldn't do it, but I could see it. Yeah, he'll be he'll be a stash, and just you hope you hope he pans out. But I'm not investing yeah, a ton of capital into him. He's probably going to be a project, and he won't get the draft capital that like a Josh Allen got. The reason Josh Allen, well, not the reason, but part of what made him attractive was the Bills took him in like the ninth pick in the first round. So they had that initial investment in Josh Allen to where they were going to do everything they could to make that work for at minimum two and a half seasons. Um, and, and in that time, Josh Allen was able to develop and turn into the Josh Allen that we know and love now. Um, Will Levis might not get that level of team investment to where they're going to make absolutely sure they've done everything possible to to set him up to succeed. Yeah, it's 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 rare you get a Josh Allen situation or even like a Tua to where you know they were this is our guy come hell or high water we're going to make it work and those two teams have done so so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Anything else you want to add? Uh, 2024 looks pretty good too. Got Marvin Harrison in there. That looks good exciting, God. dude. Holy cow. Woo. Sign He's me up so for Marvin Harrison. He's going to be uh, fantastic. That's all I uh, Caleb Williams too. Oh yeah, too. Caleb Williams. He's, he's, is it, is it too much to say he's Patrick Mahomes? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, he's like Patrick Mahomes, the, the Taco Bell version. I'll, I'll give you Taco Bell. Fine. Taco Bell or Cookout? <laughs> no, he's Taco Bell. He's not Cookout. Cookout's too good? Cookout's too good. Cookout Cookout's is Patrick Mahomes. Kayla Williams is Taco Bell. It's really good. It's really flashy. Seems real nice in the moment. And it is. Might not be so good later. There you go. That'll do it for this episode. Uh, check us out on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore. Uh, We'll see you next week when we're breaking down week 13. Uh, We'll see you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.